Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There was a great Christian theologian who passed away recently, R.C. Sproul. And R.C. Sproul once spoke at a conference during which there was a question and answer time. And he was asked the following question. Here was the question. What, in your opinion, is the greatest spiritual need of people in the world today? And here is how R.C. Sproul answered that question. The greatest need in people's lives today is to identify, to discover the true identity of God. And then someone asked a follow-up question, and here was the follow-up question. What, in your opinion, is the greatest spiritual need of churched people today? And R.C. Sproul immediately replied, to discover the true identity of God. If believers really understood the character and personality and nature of God, it would revolutionize their lives. And all I can say to R.C. Sproul is, that's the truth. So we started last Sunday a message series in uh, which uh, we are going to be learning and focusing on the character of God. This series is taking us through Easter. It's entitled, Welcome the King of Glory. He is royal in character. And in this series, in a sense, what we're doing is we're, as the people of God at Mission Liberty Hill, laying out the welcome mat for our Savior, Jesus Christ, to come and to display to us and release into our lives his character in new ways so that we might truly experience the revolutionary work of the Spirit working the changes that we need in our hearts and our lives. And this will happen if we live in a daily awareness of the character, the identity of the God we worship. So last week, we looked at welcoming the royal attentiveness of God. Our God is an all-knowing God. This morning, I'm bringing you a message entitled, Welcoming the Royal Power of God, because our God is an all-powerful, almighty God. I'd like to ask you to take out your Bibles, because we're going to be using our Bibles this morning. And we're going to start with a single verse of Scripture that you'll find in your Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. So turn in your Scripture uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, if you'd also take out your message notes, those are the white notes inside your worship folder. Get a pencil or pen so you can write some things down. And you will see 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20 in your Bible. It's also on your notes. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20. Look at this passage. This verse of scripture, very brief, it goes this way. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. This is an important scripture because if the truth be told, many people and many churchgoers go through life feeling powerless. I mean, you know the routine. Every now and then, like maybe on New Year's Day, 
you make a resolution about something in your life, something you want to change, something you want to start to do differently. And and maybe you read up on that a bit. Maybe you listen to a CD or podcast. You talk to some other people about it and you develop your self-improvement plan. And after a couple of months, what has happened to your self-improvement plan? It has failed miserably. And that's when you put your head in your hands, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you say to yourself, admit it, you're a weak person. We've all been there, haven't we? Maybe even right now, you are going through some situation, circumstance, facing some challenge in your life, and you just wonder if you have it in you to make it through. If you can really do that, you feel weak, burdened, worn down, discouraged. Many people go through life feeling powerless. And I want to tell you that this powerlessness can suck the life right out of you. It can suck out of you a sense of confidence in Christ that God wants us to walk through life with. And instead, you start limping through life. If this describes you, I want you to take heart this morning because you're going to learn one of the most energizing, encouraging, and awe-inspiring truths found in all of the Scripture. It is the truth that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power, of strength, that God's power and strength is limitless, and he wants to share this power with you generously and abundantly. You see, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, is an all-powerful God. Amid his weakness, Job knew this to be true. Look at what he said in Job 41, 1 and 2 on your notes. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. Our God is an all-powerful God. Amid his weakness, Jeremiah the prophet knew this. Look at what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 32, 26 and 27. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. I am the Lord, the God of all peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? Our God is an all-powerful God, the King of worship or the King of glory whom we worship today. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, he is this kind of God. You're in 1 Corinthians in your Bible. Now I want you to just go back toward the back of the Bible a few more books and find the book of Colossians and turn to Colossians chapter 1 because we're going to look at a passage in Colossians chapter 1 that tells us about the power of the true God, Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1. First of all, in this passage, we see, and you can write this on your notes, we see the creative power 
of Jesus, the creative power of Jesus. Look at verses 15 to 17 in Colossians chapter one. Speaking of Christ, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus made it all. To get just a small idea of the creative power of Jesus Christ, I want you to think for a moment about our universe. You know, we live on a, a planet, one of a small number of planets that revolve around a star called the sun. The sun throws off more energy in one second than all the energy generated by humankind since the creation. One second. The sun is so big that one million planets the size of Earth could fit inside the sun. And yet the sun is really just an average star, average size star. There's a star in our galaxy called the Pistol Star, which generates, get this, 10 million times more energy than the sun does. You could take one million stars the size of the sun and put it inside that Pistol Star and still have room for more. And that's just one star in our galaxy called the Milky Way galaxy. How many stars are there in the Milky Way galaxy? Over 100 billion stars in our galaxy. That's a big galaxy. But in reality, the Milky Way galaxy is actually a small to medium size galaxy. Nobody knows the exact number, God knows, but nobody else knows the exact number of galaxies there are in our universe, but scientists estimate that there are billions and billions of these galaxies. Who made all of this? The one you are worshiping today the one who lives right inside of your heart, the one who you trust as your personal Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the creative power of Jesus, the King of glory. But I can tell you this, <clears throat> the creative power of Jesus it's not his greatest power. There's another power. It is the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. 
the redemptive power of Jesus. Go back to Colossians 1 in your Bible and read the next few verses, <clears throat> verses 18 to 20. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things in, on earth or things in heaven, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That's the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. Jesus and Jesus alone through his crucifixion and his resurrection has the power to forgive you of your sins. Jesus and Jesus alone through his crucifixion and his resurrection can deliver you out of darkness, out of death, out of despair. Jesus and Jesus alone is the one that can give you new life today and eternal life forever and ever. That's the redemptive power of Jesus Christ so that billions and billions of creatures can say to him, so will I. And the creative power of Jesus and the redemptive power of Jesus leads to another power, the restorative power of Jesus Christ, the restorative power. This is the power of Jesus to bring the kingdom of God into the hearts and lives of people today, to restore to you and to me the fullness of life that God created us to experience. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says this about Jesus. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. That's the restorative power of Jesus Christ. He can make the broken places of your life and God knows you have them and God knows that I have them. He can make those whole again. I take time each day, and I hope you do too, to read the scripture. And, and this year, God put it on my heart to read a chapter a day and to read through the whole New Testament. So I'm picking out various books of the New Testament, and I'm reading a chapter a day. I'm in the Gospel of Matthew right now. And uh, this week, I, uh, on Thursday, I was in Matthew chapter 8. And I, I read through Matthew chapter 8. Uh, a, not a real long chapter. And when I finished that chapter, I want to read to you what I wrote in my journal because I usually write just a, a few words, almost in a sense like a, a, a prayer and some thoughts to myself uh, and a prayer to God. And so let me just read you what I wrote in my journal for Thursday. Lord Jesus, you speak and you act. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. In Matthew chapter 8, I see your power healing the leper, 
healing the centurion's paralysis, healing Peter's mother-in-law, casting out demons and healing the sick, calling us to follow you, calming the storm, casting the demons into the swine. And the result of it all, verse 34 of Matthew 8, so the whole city came out to meet Jesus. That's the restorative power of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, as we experience Christ's restorative power more and more being manifested in our life here at Mission Liberty Hill, the whole city will come out to meet Jesus. This is why we value what we value here in this community of faith. I want to put our five ministry values up here on the screen, and I want to read through them one at a time, and I'd like to ask you to read out loud with me. Value number one, read with me. We value humbly, prayerfully, and creatively guided by the Holy Spirit and God's word. That's the restorative power of Jesus Christ right there. Number two, we value serving one another in loving and forgiving relationships. That's the restorative power of Jesus Christ right there. Value number three, we value meeting the needs of our neighbors. That's the restorative power of Jesus Christ right there. Value number four, we value reaching out to all generations. That's the restorative power of Jesus Christ right there. Value number five, we value people knowing Christ, worshiping Christ, growing in Christ, and making a difference for Christ. That's the restorative power of Jesus Christ right there. God is an all-powerful God. And now here's the second amazing fact I want to bring to you today. Get this. God extends his power to his people. I'll say it again. God extends his power to his people. That's the promise Jesus made to his followers in Acts 1 verse 8. Look on your notes. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God extends his power to his people. And here's the description given of the first Christian martyr, Stephen, in Acts 6, verse 8. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. God extends his power to his people. And look at the portrait painted of the early apostles and the church they led in Acts 4, verse 33. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. This is the royal power of the true God, Jesus Christ. His creative power, redemptive power, restorative power. Our God is an all-powerful God, and God extends his power to his people. So, how can you as a child of God, live in this power? I want you to write the answer on your notes. Here's the answer. The crucial link 
is faith. The crucial link is faith. Look up here. I'm holding in my hand a necklace. What is it that connects both sides of this necklace together? It is the clasp or the connecting link. That's the crucial link. And what is the clasp? What is the crucial link that connects you to God's power? It is faith. Faith connects you to God's salvation. Ephesians chapter 2 says, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this, the faith, is not from yourself. It's not by your own works. It is a gift of God so that no one can boast. Faith connects you to God's salvation, and faith connects you to God's power. As 1 Corinthians 2 verse 5 on your note says, your faith should not be founded in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So listen, here's a key truth. You see it on your notes, and don't you forget it. A step of faith is often required before divine power is released. Say it again. A step of faith is often required before divine power is released. The history of God's people is filled with examples of this. The children of Israel had to step into the Red Sea before the waters parted. A step of faith is often required before God's power is released. A little boy had to share his sack lunch of a few loaves and a few fishes with the Savior before the multitude was fed. A step of faith is often required before God's power is released. Peter had to say to the crippled man, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. A step of faith is often required before God's power is released. The early church had to answer the call of God to walk across a room, a country, a community, a continent, before the gospel would spread to all nations. A step of faith is often required before God's power is released. So if you find yourself in a situation or a circumstance where you need to see God's power and strength manifested and released in your life, you want to ask yourself, is there a step of faith God is asking me to make right now? And here's a practical reminder I want to give you. I want to put it up here on the screen. Even though I don't know how God is going to intervene, I must act as though he will. I want you to read that out loud with me. Even though I don't know how God is going to intervene, I must act as though he will. This is what Jesus Christ wants from you. This is what he wants from our church. This is what it means to lay out the welcome mat for him that you say to yourself in those crucial moments 
where some step of faith is required. Say those words again. Even though I don't know how God is going to intervene, I must act as though he will. In the years to come, I dare say in the months and years to come, there will be times when God asks you. There will be times when God asks Mission Liberty Hill Lutheran Church to do something that we just don't seem to have the power, strength, resources, provision to be able to do. And at a moment like that, we must remember that a step of faith is often required before divine power is released. And we must say to ourselves and say to one another, say these words again, even though I don't know how God is going to intervene, I must act as though he will. Take that step of faith that he's asking you to take and his divine power will be released into your life. That's laying out the welcome mat for the king of glory. What R.C. Sproul said really was true. If believers really understood the character and personality and nature of God, it would revolutionize their lives. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Welcome the king of glory. He is royal in character. He is royal in power. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Please stand for a closing prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we know that you want to wrap our hearts and our lives around your creative power, your redemptive power, your restorative power. Lord, by your grace, we believe. Help us with our unbelief. Help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to keep laying out by faith the welcome mat for your power. And even when we don't know how you are going to intervene, work through us to live and pray and give and serve and act as though you will. Reign in us this way as you release your royal power among us. And to this God's people say, Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give to you his peace and his power. Amen and amen.